what's going on fairy family this brand new episode takes me to friend and ifa priestess chief ifa say Iyanifa Bambala, who is a psychological health specialist and former adjunct professor of Loyola University's graduate counseling program in New Orleans, LA, and a graduate of Dillard University's undergraduate psychology program. Chief Ifase is ordained and initiated as the goddess Sri Araya Devi, most noble goddess um, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. And she was also initiated and ordained into the ancient African high priesthood of Ifa, which is traditional African spirituality in Oshun State, Nigeria. Chief serves as one of the diaspora ambassadors for the Ile Arisa, headquartered in Yoruba land, Nigeria. And today, I not only sit with her, but also quite a number of her students of the 140 who are currently at the Ifa Yoruba Ancestor Orisha Pilgrimage in Birmingham, Alabama. This is a great honor for me, and I do hope you all are enlightened. This podcast is a little longer than my usual ones, but the information in this was timely, and I do believe what we spoke about will be a blessing to everybody who is listening. So please get your snacks, your notebooks, uh, if you want to take notes or whatever you need, and get ready with me, Empress Singer, for the Afro Fairy Goddess Podcast. everybody it's your girl empress zinga from barbados and welcome to the afro fairy goddess podcast today i sit with friend and priestess chief ifa sei ianifa bambala hopefully i said that correctly you said it perfectly yes we are in for a special treat a special recording this week because she's currently doing a pilgrimage and she so graciously decided to take some time out and be a part of the episode and she has some of her students here along with us as well so this is more so a live podcast there will be other people here listening and you know, given their contributions as well. So, magical day to everybody, Ifasei, the students, ancestors, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Um, it's really an honor to uh, speak with everybody. And I mean, I have to half laugh and say the time for the interview finally came <laughs> because we kept going this week and next week. And it was like, oh, even today we had some challenges, but we are here now and the ancestors are here and they do, they do believe that, you know, both me and Ifa say need more ancestors. So the students are also here. So yeah. it is a very exciting time for me, especially to have this extension by everybody here. So thank you so much. Even the people that I can't see in the frame, thank you yeah, so much I, for being I was here. Looking over there at one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. So as we begin, your bio <laughs> is extremely extensive. And I thought it was a short version, Zinga. What? 
That was a short bio. Girl got so much things, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, let me see if I could pick out some things. So let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, so you're a psychological health specialist and former adjunct professor of Loyola University's graduate counseling program in New Orleans, LA, and a graduate of Dillard University undergraduate psychology program. Um, she's ordained and, and initiated as the goddess Sri Arya Devi, which means yeah, most so noble goddess. Yeah. <laughs> most noble goddess in um, Tibetan Buddhist tradition. She was initiated and ordained into ancient African high priesthood of Ifa, which is Af traditional African spirituality. More on that because I have a question on that. In Oshun <laughs> State, Nigeria, she serves as one of the diaspora ambassadors for Ile Arisa headquarters in Yorubaland, Nigeria. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So, I mean, this is quite an honor. And I mean, thank you. What I have found within your bio as well is that you um, have merged your psychology practice along with your spiritual training and development. Yes. So how did all of that become full circle? Mm, that's a really, really intuitive question. The fact that you extracted that speaks highly about your skill, your perceptivity. <laughs> um, I prayed that I would be able to do what I love to do full time. And I prayed that I would be able to connect them together at, in some way. And the obvious was being overlooked. The obvious what was already in my face was being overlooked. And it was actually my sister. It was actually my sister uh, who told me, I think you need to, you know, just bring them all under one umbrella. And in essence, that's what she said. You need to just bring them all under one umbrella. And I said, I gave that a little bit of thought. I said, but I'm going to give it a lot more thought and then I will figure it out. And down the line, just after continuing to do work and seeing that uh, our people worldwide were looking for more Afrocentric psychological health services, that was perfect because they wanted to know about spirituality. They wanted to know about African spirituality particularly. And so, you know, I present myself a certain way in public when I'm not in corporate America. And the, the look that I have attracts people to me who are looking for that kind of service. And so what began to happen is people began to, I offered, I offered a fusion. I said, you can do clinical Western psychological health services, or you can do traditional West African solely, or you can do both. Because for me, they're not really separate. You know, looking at the word psychology, uh, I, I look at the word psyche, and etymologically, that word means soul, S-O-U-L, the study of the soul. And so, I mean, the study of the soul clearly is a spiritual thing. Mm. That's spiritual. That's, that's totally spiritual. And it was in alignment with my beliefs that the majority of the psychological health dilemmas that we experience as a people worldwide are, are rooted in some type of spiritual imbalance. Hmm. Um, and if we are able to identify that and spend time nurturing that appropriately, um, then we can create balance in the areas where we lack it. We can strengthen the areas that are weak. We hmm. can heal from, you know, traumas that were damaging to our spirits and damaging to our souls. And so organically over time, they began to become more one, but hmm. I still offer the clinical Western, um, 
services because there are some clients of mine who don't want to, you know, participate in traditional West African spirituality. Mm-hmm. One thing I loved about my uh, graduate program was that it taught me terminology. Mm-hmm. I was able to look at the vocabulary and read the concepts, read the principles, read the quote unquote, you know, theoretical you know, orientations Mm -hmm. uh, that were supposedly created by these Western and European people and see that this is African, that's African, that's African, that's (laughs) African. Okay, y'all just changed the name, diluted it and created some type of empirical data, repackaged it and threw it back at us. Yes. Um, And, but for me having the traditional African spiritual background, I was able to really easily see the African uh, principles and underlying concepts Mm. in what was being presented to me as clinical Western creations. Mm. Um, And so I learned, I'm thankful for the Western graduate program because what I learned to do was use neutral jargon to educate and build up on and offer healing services from a traditional West African perspective and also other indigenous, you know, traditional perspectives, but just, you know, identify and parallel the equivalent in English jargon Hmm. and English psychological health jargon. That's beautiful because that way too, you can open up the doors for everybody else who may be on the cusp, but still have that, that fear that this whole thing is bad, but at least you can give them the help that they need until they are ready to get to that next level or to that, that next step. Um, what were some of the positives that have come out of doing these pilgrimages, like my whole town gone, Uh, but in terms of your pilgrimage, and what are some of the positives that have come out in doing them? I believe, how many years have you been doing it? Well, as far as the actual pilgrimage is concerned, this is our second one. Um, the first one was a huge success that we could not have even <laughs> imagined for ourselves. We were just doing, you know, what spirit guided us to do. Um, there is a team of us here. Um, there's a, there's an actual Birmingham, Alabama team. This wow. is where we, where we have the pilgrimage and all of the Birmingham, Alabama team are students in the Ifa Orisha Education Training and Development Academy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, I, I went to a festival, uh, a pilgrimage in Nigeria as a part of my uh, research. And this pilgrimage had a very strong impact on me. Uh, it had a very strong influence on me for so many different reasons. Oh, look at that. I can find it though. That's part of the magic, baby. Um, we gonna be in. Um, that's one of my students who was calling in. His wife is actually sitting right behind me. Ah. <laughs> and um, so, so, so the, the pilgrimage. Um, sorry, Ndinga, this is like real life. <laughs> um, it's fine. So this this beautiful uh, Ia here, uh, Ia Stacy, mm-hmm. um, I was in Akiti experiencing the pilgrimage. She was dreaming and having visions about a pilgrimage or something similar. Mm-hmm. I was also literally like she was dreaming 
and envisioning having a pilgrimage, we were doing what's called a, uh, a DSM. It's a special full moon meditation and a new moon meditation. Okay. And where we, where we, where we spend a lot of time writing what we call a visual script. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the new moon and on the full moon, we, we, we do visual meditations on our pre-written visual scripts. Mm -hmm. And these are prayers. These are things that we want to have manifest in our lives. Mm -hmm. Well, she and I had similar ones. I wanted to do a retreat uh, for the academy. Um, she wanted more people at their uh, healing exchange, Thai Yoga, Alabama, the Healing Exchange, Alabama. Mm -hmm. It is an actual, uh, an actual retreat in wow. uh, Locust Fork, Alabama. And she wanted to have more, you know, uh, spiritual group. Uh, activities that were like the ones we both were envisioning. Now, this is already a spiritual place. She was already doing spiritual mm -hmm. work, mm -hmm. massages and working yes. work. And her husband is a sound therapist. And, wow. You know, uh, uh, what do you call it? A media, visual, audio artist, you know, <laughs> already doing spiritual things. Nice. But this joint vision that we both had, you know, allowed um, us to merge and come together um, and 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 honor their sacred space by uh, by honoring our ancestors, honoring the spirits of the Odisha, honoring community, honoring the spirit of our destinies by number one having an EFI educational training here at um, the Healing Exchange Alabama in Locust Fork Alabama, um, and two uh creating from it as well via the guidance of ifa divination and mm. actual ifa orisha pilgrimage mm -hmm. and so going to their website it was just the icing on the cake for me which is www.tayogaalabama.com mm -hmm. and i saw like for my own with my own eyes how brilliant you know how brilliant i don't want to say it like that i want to say you know how the spirit touched them to to put their own unique essence into this sacred space mm -hmm. because when you walk around every every part of it every part of it has a, a power pocket mm -hmm. no matter where you go there's a power pocket in the front of the house where the plants are it's a power pocket where the trees are in the front of the house there's a power pocket there's a uh, area in the back where when it rains there's a waterfall power wow. pocket there's a lake to the right. There's a lake to the left. Power pocket. There's woods to the left. Power pocket. And there are centers like that all around the property. Wow. And that's just the outside of the property. But that inside the amazing. property is a whole nother experience. And so the pilgrimage, long story, trying to be less, <laughs> um, you know, that is how the pilgrimage came together. We actually, we, we met each other on the psychic metaphysical plane first mm -hmm. and then in real life we began to have discussions and after the ifa divination that was a wrap nice that was a wrap and so our guidance this year was that we 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 must do this pilgrimage every year we cannot let it die mm -hmm. um, because it's going to benefit so many people more than we can even you know uh more than we can even uh conceive of at this time yeah and that the pilgrimage will pretty much last it will have longevity yeah the, the, the life of the pilgrimage will have longevity and the ifa orisha trainings will have longevity as well mm. <laughs> yeah, the, the, 
created, the academy will have longevity as well. I must, I must, I must uh, say, you know, the names of Ia Stacy Fluker and her amazing husband, uh, Baba Tommy Fluker, um, their beautiful mother, uh, Mama Faika, and their beautiful uh, grandmother. This is a four-generational home. Mm. And so there's the great-grandmother, there's the grandmother, there's the parents, and there's some beautiful, very well, well, uh, well-created children. Mm. Some very well-created children. And so I have to give honor and homage to my senior priest um, mm. before I go any further. Um, and his name is Chief Adeshina Olatunji Aresa. Mm. And uh, he is... Uh, a very strong and powerful spiritual force uh, behind helping us to decipher and interpret the will of the spirits each year about what the spirits want mm. for the pilgrimage each year and what the spirits want, uh, you know, for the training each year. So we do a spiritual divination each year mm. on the pilgrimage and on the training. And that, that divination actually it helps us to see the spiritual profile of the event. It helps us to see a physical profile of the event and ceremonies. It helps us to see various obstacles that might lie ahead, mm -hmm. um, that might might present as um, uh, challenge spots, challenge areas. Mm -hmm. And we're given an opportunity to appease the spirits in very special and unique ways uh, in order to bring about all the blessings that God and the spirits and that our ancestors foresee coming as a result of the training and the pilgrimage, and also to appease and avert any uh, imbalanced, disruptive, or malevolent, wicked forces that might mm. try to, you know, get in the way of, uh, you know, our progress and our success, or, mm. you know, if you want to be more street about it, our shine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, in terms of readings, um, you you have a, a Ori counseling service as well, which you yes. mentioned too as well. Um, how, I'm trying to wear this in such a way, how was that received? Because it's one thing to be in your community where you're accepted and persons say, oh great, I'm going to get an Ori reading or whatever, but now you've broadcast yourself to the globe because we are on a digital platform and digital platforms. Yeah. So when people see you doing these types of things, what was the process like? What did people say? Like, I am not going to get into that. That is not for me. Did you get people in your inbox crying you down? Um, what, what was your experience like? Thank you. Yeah. And Zinga, my students, my my Omaha wall, Ifa apprentices, Ianifas, um, Ianifas to be, Babalago to be, they are saying that you're asking some really, really profound questions. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what was it like putting myself out in public? You know, I didn't really think about it like that because <laughs> I've always been a unique spiritual being, even mm. from birth, you know, I, there's a story floating around my family about these cowboy boots. Um, <laughs> yeah, they say, you know, it would be like 111 degrees outside and you would have those leather cowboy boots on it, <laughs> raining in them boots. You were sweating so hard. You would, you would take those boots off, you were walking around the city in them hot boots. 
And so I think about stories that they told me like that. I think about them telling me, you know, you were like five years old putting dots on your face. Mm -hmm. And you were five years old running around talking about my people, my queendom at five. Mm -hmm. You know, I already had a, a, a mentality from heaven that my my brothers and sisters were my people mm -hmm. and i spoke like that I, I used that vocabulary as a child regularly i don't know where i got that from i don't remember anybody teaching me that it just is just something that was inside of me mm -hmm. um and i remember getting upset about things that my people would do like fighting each other being bullies towards one another and i remember as a young girl before the age of 10 saying and praying and chanting to God, I want my people to get it together. Yeah. I want my people to be well. I want my people Beautiful. to be healthy. God, please help me save my people. Mm. I wish I could like give her a hug. <laughs> and I remember you being this vulnerable when you were here in Barbados. Yeah. Because you were standing, it was, it was like literally out of the blue. Um, and that you were asked to, you know, just come say a few words, you know. Yeah. And Baba Onfra is is always doing that to people. It's like he's got a vibe and he's like, come and talk something. You're like, yeah, I'm not really prepared. Yeah, <laughs> but, in my regards. but I mean, in in terms of who you are, like men, men spirit gives you a message. Um, usually you don't even have any control about the where, the where, the how, or even the why. Because right. the purpose is a lot bigger than what you expect it to be. You are just a vessel. And every time I right. speak to you or even remember you, I always remember you as that person. You you are a vessel. There's a lot of growth around you. Um, yeah. even, even though at the, the level where we met, like, yeah. I remember that first time I saw you at, at uh, Pelican Village here. And I was like... Yeah. We were supposed to meet. I don't know why, but yeah. I just feel like we were supposed to meet because yeah. um, DJ, my husband, um, was at the vegan cafe working at the time. And he was like, there's a lady here who came in and I think you guys should meet. I think you guys yeah. would vibe. And every time I went, same, similar with the podcast, I, I would try to get there or I would try to get to you, but it never really worked out. Even the evening mm. at the shop, it didn't right. even like wasn't working out. And then I didn't even know you were gonna be there. Like I don't even think you were supposed to be there because when you were on right. stage, you were like, oh, well, I wasn't prepared. Right. I was like, I was going out, going to club yeah, or something. Right. <laughs> I was going to Oyster. Yes, <laughs> you you were just going for some recreational time, and yeah. I was like, no, I I think I'm supposed to be with it. And you were so overwhelmed with yeah. everything that was going on in the room at the time because I remember there was a lot of drumming there was a lot of prayer because yeah. Onfra always opens up the door and pours libation and everything yeah I was like this this woman is legit like you know yeah. you see people coming in and you're like all right just sit about okay the person just come in or whatever but I was like yeah even from that level from meeting you from then until now there was a lot of growth um, yeah. even seeing what has happened even with the pilgrimage here and it's went into its second yeah. year I really thought it was longer maybe I'm seeing it in the reverse maybe I'm already seeing it it has already happened that it is successful because <laughs> I thought it was a lot longer but then you said no, 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 second year. I was like what so yeah. I, I do be. believe that it, it needs to continue because same way how that lady had the dream 
and you guys were in two different places. Maybe somebody has yet to dream now to get to you. So to contact um, those people and and those people now who are learning under you now are an extension of of you and the reason why you're here and the messages you need to bring. So all of this will be coming like full circle, you know? Um, and which goes in now to my next question, um, in terms of readings, cause you do do your Ori readings, but how many times should one get a reading? Um, I've, I've heard numerous responses to this from people who were initiated into the religion, those who were not as well. And, um, as well as some Babalos here in Barbados. Some people believe you should just get one because that is your life reading and whoever gives you that reading, that is how you're supposed to take it in, but how you like it or not, that is what it is. But suppose it's something about the person who gave you the reading, not the reading itself, but suppose it's a Babalo or a priestess or whoever um, doing the Ori reading for you, do you feel uncomfortable? Should you get a different reading should you get a reading on something important in your life your solar return like what what should you do yeah um that's a very important question Mm -hmm. oh that's a very important question um we have to start at the foundation first and that would be the lineage of orientation Mm -hmm. um you know what kind of reading if we're talking about ifa yuruba readings Mm-hmm. Um, there are some things that are consistent. There are some things that are overlapping, mm-hmm. uh, which is getting a reading for very special and important events mm-hmm. and uh, points in life, such as making a decision about who you're going to date mm-hmm. uh, in a committed relationship mm-hmm. or who, uh, what kind of, when are you going to buy this house? Are you going to mm-hmm. invest money in this house? Mm-hmm. Um, if you are trying to choose a business partner, someone to go into long-term business with, mm-hmm. if you um, if you are pregnant and you're going to have a baby, that baby needs a reading. Mm-hmm. If you want to get married, you know, before you even get married, you need to get the reading about the person yeah. that you want to marry. Um, you know, if you want to take a job, if you're, if you're going job hunting and you want to increase your chances of being able to get the job that's going to be in most alignment with your highest destiny, mm-hmm. you know, it would be beneficial and wise uh, to get a reading. If you notice that there are unique occurrences happening in your life, it would be wise to get a reading. I get a reading at a, at, at maximum once a month okay. um, and, and at minimum at minimum once every three months. And that's because of the nature of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why my Idafa, that's what we call them, that's what we call them in the Yoruba language, Idafa. Mm-hmm. And so for me, uh, because of the, the level of energy that I put into the Ifa work, um, and also, you know, because I know there are non-physical entities that uh, would like to obstruct the progress that I'm making mm. by the grace, mercy, and favor of God, Olo Dumari. Mm. And I also know that there are actual physical beings mm. um, that would seek to also do the same. And so uh, I, 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 I'm not just doing Ididafa for me. There is a whole academy of students who are relying on me yeah. um, to, to take care of myself, not just physically and nutritionally, but also spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, there are over a hundred students um, in the academy. The youngest is like maybe uh, four years old. Mm-hmm. And the eldest is uh, now in the uh, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, 
There are married couples in the academy. There are people getting ready to be engaged in the academy. There are single people in the academy. <laughs> and so I feel as though these adopt are not only important for uh, me to continue to be successful in uh, following my destiny path, mm. but they're also important, you know, for my students and for my clients who don't practice Ifa either. Mm. Um, when I get spiritual work done for me, my prayers are very inclusive. Mm. Um, they cover my students, they cover dilemmas that my students are going through. There's a lot of attention and care and energy put into refining the cat, the academy, mm. um, into refining the academy year after year, month after month. You know, there's a lot of thought that goes into that. Um, getting an idafa, I would say for a person who doesn't do this kind of work at the level that I do it. I would say the more high stakes of a lifestyle you have, for example, if you have a job that is a very high stakes job, um, if you live in a neighborhood that's a very high stakes neighborhood, mm. if you notice there have been a lot of unfortunate events that have happened to you in, in a unique pattern, that patternistic fashion in your life, mm. it might be advised that you get an idafa. There are a multitude of spiritual services in Ifa, and it's also important to do research. Mm -hmm. uh, research the priests, research the priestess, call them and ask them questions. You know, uh, we got to be careful about asking other people about people because yeah. uh, there are some people who may not understand or understand or understand the choices and will try to deter you from it. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we have to do is learn that we came into this world, most of us, you know, uh, the only one through our mother's wombs. Even twins don't come out of the womb at the exact same time. Mm. You know, they come out one after the other. They each have their own individual destiny. Yeah. Even, even, even identical twins don't have the exact same identical life experiences. Yeah. And so how much more so is that true for people who are just different, not related to one another? And so it's very important that we meditate and we do the work to be able to hear our own spirit guide clearly. Yes. Um, you know, um, and, 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 and make sure that our environments are conducive of being able to receive these spiritual messages mm -hmm. so that we can be clear about which direction to go in. In addition to doing the research on the priest, I see my ring. In addition to calling the priest or emailing the priest to have a conversation with the priest, mm -hmm. um, you know, and taking our time to make a decision. A really good priest should educate a potential client very well about the process they're getting ready to embark upon. Mm -hmm. And there are some clients that certain priests don't want to take. You should mm -hmm. take every client. Recently, yeah. I had a man uh, call me for spiritual services. And, you know, I'm very professional about setting the appointments, very professional about my expectations, and very professional about letting them know what they can expect of me. Mm -hmm. And he called the session, and I realized shortly into it that he was high on something. Mm -hmm. And so I... I very respectfully told him we couldn't continue. And um, he said, oh, so you're going to end the session? And I said, yes, I'm going to end the session. And he was very upset that I ended the session. And I told him we can't have uh, a serious conversation about your spiritual needs if you're not a clear mind. Yes. You know, and so we have to watch out for things like that on both ends, the priest end and on the client end. Back to the spiritual services, though, you got Idafa. You got cleansings that a person can get, head cleansings, body cleansings. Mm -hmm. uh, cleansings are, you can't, it's not just any kind of cleansing. They are actually made with special prescribed, divinely prescribed ingredients mm -hmm. uh, that are spiritually tailored to 
what a person needs in their life at a given time. Mm. So it's not just going throwing some herbs and some roots together because we're like, oh, you know, frankincense does this. This is the intention <laughs> for the frankincense. Oh, yes. myrrh does this. This is the intention for the myrrh. It's not that simple with traditional West African Yoruba. There are, there are divinations that are necessary because we don't know what that person's uh, destiny wants until mm. we invoke and humbly ask the spirit of that person's destiny, what does that person need for the success of their destiny at that particular time? Mm. And so it's very, very detailed, very, very intricate. And any priest who's just really quick to take your money and not educate you, mm. um, I, I would say proceed with caution if you proceed at all. Mm-hmm. And also too, clients have to be careful about exploiting priests. Um, a lot of times we're very concerned and we're looking at how a priest might try to take advantage of us or how they may try to take our money, but we don't spend a lot of time looking at all the ways clients have the potential to exploit priests, exploit yeah. our time, exploit our knowledge, exploit our wisdom, try mm-hmm. to uh, eat by bargain shop. You know, you get mm-hmm. a spiritual reading from one priest. You're supposed to commit yourself to that priest unless that priest has done some really terrible things to make you feel unsafe or... Mm-hmm you know, uh, insecure in their presence. Uh, Under normal circumstances, though, the priest that does the reading or the spiritual work for you is the priest that you should be going to to complete that work, um, you know, in entirety, unless something happens to that priest, you Mm -hmm. know, they're unable to continue, you know, with the work. And so Mm -hmm. what you have is some people who are poorly disciplined, poorly educated, and as much as they say they don't, they're conscious or they're woke, you know, and they don't, they don't ascribe to a European mindset. We do European things. We bastardize traditional African and indigenous spiritualities by putting the spin on it that we want to put on it for our own conveniences. Mm. And so we don't like the price that the priest quotes. A lot of times the priest divines on the price. Yeah. It's doing divination to get the price. Because because there's so many little things, not even little things, big things that you have to get for a person. The the person isn't going to like take all your money about a good priest or priestess. It's not going to go and take your money and just going to put it in their bank account or going to buy flashy cars as a bad a, a, right. a Brad uh, Babalo, but if the person is true and good, you have to buy the things. <laughs> you have yes, to buy right. the Florida water. You have they to buy agree. the animals. You have to feed the animals. Yes. You have to buy the space to do the things. Yes. In. You mm-hmm. have to, you know, all these little things that you want to have, all of these spiritual yes. tools and stuff, they cost money. At the end yes. of the day, it's still the real world of flesh and blood, and these things have to be manufactured by factories. How are you right. going to get these things? Things that are manufactured cost a lot of money because they have to go and get these things, especially things like with Palo Santo and all these other things with sage. You got to wait for it to grow and this type of weather and it has to be shipped. Like if you live in a, in a place such as mine in Barbados, things take between three to four weeks, maybe two months if it's coming by boat, depending on what you're get like things take a really long time to get here so when you have to go through all of the the duties and and stuff this is not even on the spiritual level of patience and waiting for it this is a real deal of it coming in to your your space how does the person is going to pay for it for you and i i've always questioned people who say oh but these things cost too much money and this person is trying to um um mama guide me and they they're trying to fool me out of the things right. i'm not going to do these things blah 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 but i'm like but really and truly if you were going to the supermarket you would tell the people that you walking in there for free or you will understand that all these things are yeah yeah so 
yeah. all those things too they have to take into consideration so yeah. i agree with you a thousand and ten percent um they are when i first started my own journey into african spirituality um you usually see the term santeria come up a lot a lot more so than ifa and i really do think at least for my small but growing community should know the differences between Santeria religion and Ifa. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very good question as well. If when we say Ifa, when traditional West when traditional Yoruba practitioners say Ifa, we're talking about traditional West African Yoruba, you know, from Yoruba land, you know, Nigeria, Benin, that region of you know, the western, uh, northwestern coast of Africa, or western coast of Africa. That's what we're speaking about. Um, when uh, some of our ancestors, our professional African ancestors, were kidnapped and brutalized mm -hmm. and uh, put under very extreme, savage conditions mm -hmm. and brought to various parts of the New World, Ifa had to survive. If I'm going to survive, if I will survive, if I will survive forever. And so uh, our, 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 our ancestors who were kidnapped, um, they were mixed together. You know, different tribes mm. uh, from various villages were mixed together. Uh, some of them spoke multiple languages, some did not. Um, it was not just, you know, kidnapped, enslaved, professional uh, Africans who were uh, mixed in the dungeon of hell that was created, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for, for us in the West. But it was also indigenous people that was already over here, mm -hmm. you know, that way that far outnumbered the number of enslaved African professionals that were kidnapped and brought over to mm -hmm. the new world. There was a lot, there was indigenous people already there. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was everybody was enslaved by these very imbecilic, immature, you know, and uh, uh, a neophytic, you know, uh, mm -hmm. aggressive uh, children, mm -hmm. you know, children. Mm -hmm. um, and so what ended up happening was they all got mixed together under the gun, you know, under, under by force of the gun, uh, by, 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 by force of just uh, sheer brutality. Mm -hmm. And so in, in order to, you know, survive together, the indigenous spiritualities began to be mixed and commingled mm -hmm. uh, in order to survive. Mm -hmm. They began to be disguised and uh, cloaked with coloring, uh, you know, and, and morphed and evolved as well into traditions like Candomblé, Child of Ifa, Yoruba from Nigeria, Yoruba land, Benin mm -hmm. area, uh, Santeria you know, child of Ifa, child mm -hmm. of Ifa, child of Ifa Yoruba from the, you know, western part of not, Africa, Nigeria, Benin, that region. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Lukumi, um, mm -hmm. uh, which, which literally means, Lukumi is a Yoruba word. It, it's a truncated Yoruba word. It means my friend, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it means my friend. So it's like the, the Africans from the area, the indigenous peoples that were already in the West, knew that they had to stick together in order to survive and so the the spiritualities were also merged together mm -hmm. you know to create some of these children of the mother mm -hmm. you know spirituality um ifa yuruba voodoo from benin you know voodoo and practice in benin you know voodoo and practice in haiti <laughs> you know so it all of them 
carry the essence of Ifa Orisha. Mm. All of them carry the essence of Ifa Orisha. It is very important to acknowledge our roots, no matter which branch we gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Mommy Africa, Mother Africa is home. Um, and some people say, well, you're not everybody's from Africa. I disagree because I remember in my Western history and a geography class seeing uh, something called Pangea. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole landmass before tectonic plates at the beneath the ocean surface started to shift apart mm-hmm. and create individual continents. Mm-hmm. And so to this day, we still don't know where, we don't know any other place where the oldest living skeletal remains were found other than Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even though we have, uh, even though we have evidence of uh, ancient civilizations in other parts of the world, through, mm-hmm. you know, radiocarbon dating, they still don't outdate the things that have been found in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's Mama Africa's child. Um, research very well. I say this, different people's destiny needs different things. Mm-hmm. I was ordained as a Tibetan Buddhist priest first. It was my own Tibetan Buddhist guru who not only initiated me into the tradition, but came to me so sweetly after he initiated me, looked me in my eyes and said, Follow, study, and seek out the tradition of your ancestors. Mm. After he initiated me as a Tibetan Buddhist priest. Wow. Wow. Loving, very, very loving man. And him and his wife. Very loving people. Mm. So I appreciate him for that sweet guidance um, and wisdom because it resonates with me you know i'm from these people i look like these people i love the food of these people mm-hmm. you know these are my people i have visions i, I dream of people speaking yoruba mm-hmm. so i can't imagine that i would be more satisfied practicing you know what we now know lukumi to be or santeria to be which is largely practiced by people of uh you know uh, spanish yeah. uh you know background yeah and so but but for that culture for that ethnic background that might be uh, appropriate for what resonates with their soul and there may be some people who are not of that cultural background specifically who also resonate with santaria mm-hmm. but i say you know uh i want me we are all look me we are friends mm-hmm. and the moment we realize that we should stop arguing fighting over differences mm-hmm. and realize that we got one mama you know, we can we can really do some collective spiritual work hmm. to put the child back in their place. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> totally agree because they're from Caribbean descent and you can't do that wrong here. <laughs> can't do that wrong her. Okay. No. No. I see some things happening in America like what? Okay, y'all have a good time. I could not. I could not pass the road and say good morning, not and not say tell somebody hello. I could yeah. not be disrespectful to any of my elders. Like mm-hmm. the the things that are happening now that are seeping into my community and my culture is from a global perspective because there was always this thing about community. You would go to work or come back and find a breadfruit on your doorstep or black eyed peas on your doorstep. And you know who that person was from. If anybody was lurking around you, somebody would come and say somebody has been like trying to get into your home. No, no way. Everybody has gone away from that. 
the community is broken up into smaller and smaller pieces. There is no unity anywhere anymore. Everybody's out for themselves. And we who were already broken apart already are slowly fading away from ourselves. We, we are not friends. We are not family anymore. There are no compounds anymore for people to, to have that community. And everybody is scared that especially within the black community, that somebody is out to get them. Nobody out to get you, sis. Nobody out there trying to get you. That's all in your mind. What, what is up? Like, no. Everybody is very paranoid and it, it, it is justified because of the history of what we've had. And right. it, it is there. The paranoia and everything is justified because you go through this whole PSD thing and it is heavy it is heavy and it is hard and at the end of the day we do have to decide whether or not we want that community because that's the only way we can heal we can only share our stories if we heal we can only heal vice versa if we share our stories it's it's a full circle thing but we have a lot of things to work through and it might not be in my time or even in my children's time or whatever but it is it is a lot. It is a lot to do, but we need to start moving forward. Otherwise, we're going to be here having podcasts over and over again about the same things. You know what I mean? Um, seeing you as chief and as a priestess and going through all of these different things, I know we spoke about this in our very first phone conversation when we were, you know, trying to hash out what we were going to speak about. Um, usually, you see uh, Babalo's male priests at the forefront of everything, um, especially in my experience in here in Barbados. What has been your experience being, or rather your challenges being, an Ifa priestess? Yeah. You rolling, Baba? Oh, she about to give the tea. Like, she recorded too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to answer this question. I won't bother tell me to um, capture it. Okay. Yeah. In Yoruba land, in Yoruba land, um, Ifa has a strong leadership, you know, as a head um, male presence. Mm-hmm. However, Ifa Niyurubaland also revers and respects the position and the roles of women, mm-hmm. as well as the place of women in oral tradition, oral spiritual sacred tradition, and oral spiritual sacred history. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I have encountered very mature and wise men mm-hmm. in Africa and in the diaspora who understand and overstand this. Mm-hmm. and treat women and honor women and rever women and seek the consultation and guidance mm-hmm. of wise women. Mm-hmm. And I have also seen the opposite. Unfortunately, and I know people are like, you can't blame everything on, you know, um, European influence, but Europeans have left a very strong and toxic footprint, not only mm-hmm. on the diaspora, but on the entire whole of earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. On the entire whole of earth. And their 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 impact cannot be ignored. Mm-hmm. We cannot we cannot talk about any of these issues without mentioning their contributions to it. Mm-hmm. But we should spend only a little time there. 
the bulk of the time should be spent on speaking about, you know, what we are capable currently now of doing to reset the balance again, putting the child in their place. Because it's only, it's only a juvenile, a delinquent that mm. will take the world like this. Yes. You know? And so we have a responsibility as well in allowing them to do it. We mm. were the guardians, the keepers of this sacred knowledge. We, we had the wherewithal and the spiritual power to, uh, to, to prevent these things from happening in the world. Yes. So that makes me say, okay, these things were destined. This is a part of Earth's destiny. Mm. These things are a part of Earth's destiny. Mm. And so therefore, there are, there's purpose. There's purpose. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it takes for devastating things to happen, Mm. uh, for, for us to really start looking at and valuing the resources that have already been in place for us. Mm. Uh Um, with the role of women in IFA in the United States, it is very important that women take responsibility and know who we are. Mm-hmm. If we continue to allow people to tell us what our, what our place is, and we continue to allow people to tell us who we are and how much we're worth, instead of connecting with our own relationship with the Most High God mm-hmm. and receiving the guidance that God has to give us about how we should be of benefit and a servitude and of leadership to our own people, mm-hmm. you're going to constantly have people creating the box for us, creating the mold for us. Mm. No woman can tell a man how to be the optimal man, the most mm. optimal, optimal man he can be. She can be a contributing factor and give him guidance and give him wisdom. Mm. And no man can tell a woman exactly how to be the most optimal woman she can be. Mm. There, are, there are aspects of manhood and womanhood, masculinity and femininity that God made special and unique to women mm-hmm. and that God made special and unique to men. Mm. A man can never be me. And I never want to be a man. <laughs> so <laughs> we Thank have to stand. In, we gotta stand in our power and know who we are first. Know who we are first as God beings. That's beautiful. Now you've also started a school, and we really, really want to talk about that. Um, what was the purpose of this school? Yes, yes. It is the um, Ori Counseling Services Division of Psychocultural Spiritual Education. Yes. IFA Orisha Education Training and Development Academy, Level 1, because we also have a Level 2. Okay. It takes four years to get through Level 1. Very oh, uh, wow. intense training. Intense training. Uh, a lot of expectations, but a lot of care and attention goes into developing the students. Mm-hmm. The academy was created because I saw firsthand the corruption. I saw firsthand the exploitation. I saw firsthand the imbalance. I saw mm-hmm. positive aspects of, you know, EFI in the West too, but I saw far more that was heartbreaking, mm-hmm. you know, uh, than that which made me eager to be a part of some of these groups. Mm-hmm. And so you have to now remember my foundation. This is the same woman who was once the girl talking about, I want to save my people. Yes. And so, you know, I would chant to my ancestors to come and deliver me something more roots, more African mm. than what I was experiencing in some of the mainstream spiritualities I was practicing. And so the ans- my ancestors delivered on that. And so I got a message from Olodumare, from God, 
to uh, create a space that was safe, to create a space that had the principle and foundation of Iwakele balance and gentle character, mm-hmm. and that honored the tradition, the principles, and the, the actual culture of traditional West African Yoruba from the motherland, from those who practice it from a place of integrity and in honor and homage of God first, ancestors mm-hmm. next, and all Orisha. Mm-hmm. And so those were the fundamental guiding principles that created the building blocks to the academy. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, our goal is to create, develop, educate, train competent Ifa priests who desire to go on that path, mm-hmm. who are filled with character, good character, balanced character, and who are filled with integrity and who know what they're doing mm-hmm. and who are disciplined. Yes. Well, my next question would extend to anybody who's brave enough to answer um but i know that there are many families in attendance and you've made mention of husband and wife um there is the the generation of great grandmother down to daughter um also being a part of it people who are single people who are engaged and whatnot i guess my question is um if anybody wanted to open up to their ancestors, get to know Ifa practice more, um, but however, they're not in a position to start. And what I mean by that is this, you have a family who is still practicing uh, European religion, who may look down on what you're doing as something that is evil or frowned upon, or you may live with somebody, a roommate, who might not be comfortable and you butt heads a lot with putting up altars in your space. Um, people more or less pushing you back on something you feel that you need to do. What, let me break it down first, if there was anybody here on on the live right now who wanted to speak on that, if they had that experience, what they did, and or what would be the advice to those listeners who want to take that next step but don't know how because of that pushback? That's for you all, I think, I feel sure. <laughs> um, I can speak on that. So, um, Kitty Oruko. Oruko mimi Yanifa Ipatumininu Mambara Ressa, which means my name is Ipatumininu Mambara Ressa. I come from a family uh, with a strong Christian background, mm-hmm. and I come from a very close knit family. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like um, the black sheep of the family. Okay. Um, I would also venture to say that many of the people in the academy sometimes like have felt like the black sheep of the family. <laughs> um, and so for me, I never I searched all throughout my adult life for something mm-hmm. uh, before uh, my ancestors and Olodumare led me to. Um, Oloye essentially who introduced me to um, to Ifa mm. and my family you know they were not happy at all with it mm. um, they um, through um, outbursts and different ways did, did different things that they just were not happy mm-hmm. um, but I stuck with it and stuck to my guns Mm-hmm. Um, I went within to find, you know, what was right for me and then continued to build that relationship um, with my ancestors who were there heavy telling me what was up. Mm-hmm. Um, and Olo Dumari, 
um, with the guidance of Oloye. And I continue that to this day. Um, I've been practicing for about maybe almost almost five years now. Wow. And um, what I say, because my, my, my family still, um, they don't like it, but okay. they see the differences that it's made okay. in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's undeniable. They see the blessings that people... I've been blessed in ways that I haven't even dreamed to be blessed of mm-hmm. uh, in. And, um, and they see a difference. The other piece that I think is so wonderful about this academy is that um, the focus on character is very, very real. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to um, one of um, Ifa Bukola, who is another Omo 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 Awo and yes. Ianifa and, and Ianifa, um, Ianifa um, I was talking to her the other day um, about, you know, coming into contact with some other people and she said, you know, honestly, she was like, it's not very often that people interact with those of us who work on our character in a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm to do daily reflections, to do daily work on how to get it right, on what we did right, on how we've grown, on things that we set to work on is very, very serious. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say to people who are thinking about practicing and who may not have the support of their family is that your family will see you working on your character, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Yeah. My mother has said to me before, you know, there have been several instances in which my mom has said, you know, wow, you know, you are more peaceful than I am. I was worried and you were not. Different things like that. And she's mm-hmm. actually explicitly said to me, you know, I've seen you grow so much. You've grown so much. Mm-hmm. I don't like that little religion you practice or whatever, but <laughs> you've grown so much. And so what she's really saying is your spirituality is allowing you to grow. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the process of accepting it. And that's mm-hmm. difficult for me. Yeah. But I see exactly what you're doing, yeah. whether or not I agree with it. Yeah. And I I just try to continue that and do my work mm-hmm. and and also, you know, do what needs to be done on their behalf as well. I agree. And you never know, she coming down even deeper into your journey, she may even come to you for help if she hasn't already, because that has happened to me. Um, having parents and aunts and 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 family members who were of a traditional christian faith background and they would see me doing certain things around the home charging water and crystals and whatnot and they'd be like what are you doing like that that is not what we are and i'm like what are we if not spiritual people and they and they stuck out with it and like the worst people are, are the people who were the most uncomfortable, let me say that, um, in their growth if what I started to do actually turned around and came to me for help. So you never know, maybe you're supposed to help her see, might even get even closer to her as you go on. So I believe that. Um, the overuse of spiritual tools, going back to uh, Chief Ifa saying, um, everybody online in facebook groups in whatsapp messaging everybody goes online and does their research i mean it's a good starting point but after we have to come offline and ask somebody qualified for these things 
what are your thoughts on everybody using Sage and Palo Santo and everything else? I mean, I've, I've done a part one to this on the podcast. Everybody could go and check that out, um, the one before this one. But as a, a priestess, as a chief, what are your thoughts on that? There's a word in Yoruba, in Ifa, that we use. And this word is called Ewe. Mm-hmm. E-W-E, Ewe. And it means leaf. Mm. You know, it means leaf. There's a very, very special place for Ewe, leaves. In Ifa, cosmology, philosophy, spirituality, way of life, you know, mm-hmm. tradition. Um, and it is also one of the most highly guarded areas mm. of Ifa because it is the herbs, the leaves, the ewe, that puts another special ashe on the spiritual works that we do. Mm. Um, the governor of the leaves, the roots, the bark, the trees, the plants is called Orisha, Osain. Mm. And each leaf should be respected. Uh, there are certain there are certain things we need to be doing to condition our bodies, to purify our bodies, our minds, our spirit, mm-hmm. to also tone and strengthen the muscle, the spiritual muscle, mm-hmm. before we use certain, uh, you know, sacred herbs. There are trainings that also need to take place before we attempt to use certain sacred spiritual herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, these herbs are to be used for sacred purposes. It's just like marijuana. You know, it's not to be abused. Mm-hmm. It's a sacred herb. It's a sacred plant. But all plants are. All plants are sacred. All plants have a special ashe that can do certain things, that can perform certain functions mm-hmm. to assist humanity. There are special words and there are special, uh, you know, uh, affiliates, ingredients mm-hmm. that are paired together or combined with various herbs and there are processes that the herbs go through to create the, you know, uh, the, the prescribed and specified medication, mm. if you will, spiritual medication for whatever ails a person. Mm. There are, there are spiritual medicines that we make for a longevity of life. There are spiritual medicines that we make for protection, spiritual medicines that we make for retention of one's assets and property. Mm-hmm. Spiritual medicines that we make for acquisition of wealth, both tangible and intangible. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritual medicines that we make to help, uh, you know, appease and ward off malevolent forces. Mm-hmm. Spiritual medicines that we make to prevent one from being the victim of gossip. Mm-hmm. Medicines that we make for helping people to beat, uh, you know, unjust litigations. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said about the dynamic use of the dynamic uses mm-hmm. of sacred herbs and sacred plants and sacred leaves, we owe it to that particular spirit that is allowed to service us in that area via the sanction of Olodumai, God Almighty, mm-hmm. to be very mindful, to be very respectful, and also to be very disciplined about the way we use AOA. Even mm-hmm. when we make medicine in Ifa, do you know that there will be uh, sometimes a dictate that says, you only need to use five leaves of this plant? Mm-hmm. You only need to use three leaves of this plant, five leaves of that one, eight leaves of that one, and that's it. Mm. You don't go and pull all the leaves off the plant. Mm. You know, and the, the overuse of sage is costing us right now. 
um, because we lack training. You know, we see things popularized on television and we're so hungry for this spiritual connection, more indigenous things that, you know, uh, we have a tendency to create things and say we're going to make up our own thing. And a lot of times people who do this gravitate towards what, what's more convenient. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot of sacrifice and giving up of things to say, I'm going to discipline myself to be somebody's apprentice mm. and study with this person and become humble to this person's teaching. Mm. It takes trust as well. And we have a major trust issue. We have a lot of trauma, yes. a lot of trauma in our community, a lot of trauma in our families of origin. We have trust issues. A lot of us have been exploited and abused by our own people, our own kind. So yes, it's going to be very difficult for some to say, I'm going to commit myself to someone in a position of authority like that. They want to check you out. And sometimes they've got commitment issues. Hmm. They say they want something. They pray for it. They do these rituals to get it. God brings it. And then they realize it takes commitment to maintain it. I'm on board with that because I don't want to be in it for the long haul. I don't have that level of attention endurance, you Hmm. know, and commitment endurance. So I'm going to jump ship and I'm going to go try to dibble and dabble in something else. Mm. And we don't really become a a true, true disciple of a thing at all. Mm. We're just mixing things up and we actually cut ourselves short from growth by doing that. I'm watching the students in this academy and it's not easy to be my student. I won't lie. It's not easy. It can be challenging at times. Um, But I think that they would all say that the rewards you know, from that kind of dynamic and, 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 and teacher-apprentice relationship that uh, I apply, uh, it actually has benefited them greatly. Mm. Yeah, because I'm not a coddler. I'm not a coddler. I'm not a, you know, sprinkler. I'm very direct because I value my time that I'm borrowing. Mm. And I also value other people's time. And I also know what I'm supposed to be doing in the world. That's another thing. I know what I'm supposed to be doing with people who I come into encounter with. Mm. And so that type of knowing, uh, with, the, with that type of knowing, one, one would be foolish to waste time. Yes. When you know that the time is borrowed in the first place. Yes. Agreed. Final question. What is it that you want to leave behind or what is it that you want to be remembered for? Mm, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. I would have to say doing this work. Mm. I would definitely uh, I would definitely have to say doing this work. Mm. <laughs> because I feel like the ways in which we have been robbed as a people mm-hmm. uh, are not only reinforced not only the things that have been robbed are reinstated, mm-hmm. but we are we are empowered in inexplicable, inquantifiable, and uncontainable ways mm. by grasping hold of any credible indigenous or traditional African spirituality, taking it seriously and and honoring our ancestors and helping their spirits be, you know, invigorated. So that they continue to serve purpose in their spiritual bodies. And their purpose is to redeem and save and catapult forward, you know, and elevate the lives of the descendants that they have left behind. Mm. Um, They are not happy with our suffering. Mm. They're not happy 
um, with the way we've been deprived. They're not happy with the way we fight at each other. They're not happy with the way our relationships and our homes and our marriages and our friendships, our sisterships and our relationships with our sons and daughters have been broken. Mm-hmm. And it is only, you know, it's only humbling ourselves to the ancient wisdoms that will help correct these things. Otherwise, we continue to be fed, you know, diluted and fractioned, you know, images of who we really are Mm. as a people, as children of our ancestors, as, as, as descendants of our ancestors. And we're wasting borrowed time. Mm. I am a firm believer that we have the wherewithal to turn this thing upside down. Because how can you fight spirit? No cannon, Mm. no rifle, no AK-47, no grenade, no biological warfare. Mm. You know, can trump the power and the determination and the ever-present omnipotence, omnipotence. Power that Oludamari God Almighty has anointed our ancestors with. Mm-hmm. And we have inherited that. Mm-hmm. But we don't even know how to use it. We're mm-hmm. using it to destroy each other. Because we let children tell us who we are. Mm -hmm. We let children dictate our movement and tell us what's valuable and what we should buy, what we should spend our money on. We let children tell us, you know, what careers we should go into. Mm -hmm. We are the more spiritually mature groups at large. Mm -hmm. That's on average because I've met many people of European descent who are very spiritually inclined, but I am talking about, you know, on an average and massive scale, we are the more spiritually mature people. And that is a fact. I even have European clients coming to me, telling me that they do not want a European therapist. Mm. That they're looking for spirituality. Mm. They're looking for someone who will tell them the truth. And they're looking for somebody who has depth, perception, and foresight from a spiritual frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have European clients right now who say things like this to me. Mm-hmm. And it is a challenge to me to be their clinician because I, I, I'm, I'm seeing the results of um, the destruction of some of their ancestors. Yeah. They have not only hurt you know, melanated people, when yeah. you hurt any person in the world, you hurt the whole world. Yes. They children are sick, sold off, mm-hmm. imbalanced, and filled with pathology. Mm-hmm. They, they suffering too. Mm-hmm. I will want to be remembered for doing this work because I put so much of my being into this work that when somebody looks at the work, the body of work that I have done, it will make them inquire. Mm-hmm. It will make them wonder. It will make them start asking questions psychically. And once that question is planted, Mm 
and ask on a psychic metaphysical level, the spirits will do the rest and assist and assist that person to get to the right place. And so I feel like what I symbolize, you know, is the legacy of my ancestors that we should not forget. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Chief Ifase and sister and friend. Thank you for your time. I thank your students for their time and their attendance and their responses to the questions. I thank the school. I thank everybody who has been a part of this, seeing or unseen all positive energies. I thank my ancestors and your ancestors for being here and watching over us as we spoke and we learned on all the different things that they have allowed me to ask because they knew it was a a longer podcast than normal but I do believe that it was very much needed at this time um thank you so much everybody yeah you're welcome and Zinga for you and your husband um we wish him a very happy birthday again thank you but for you both because y'all are a beautiful couple I've met you both Thank for you. you all, we are praying for longevity of life. That, that God Almighty would bestow upon to you both, you know, divine protection. Mind, body, spirit, heart, and soul. We are praying that for you both, that the things that you desire and that you require to fulfill your highest destiny that God granted to you and, 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 get, and have no restriction to the things that you ask. Because I know what kind of woman you are in your heart and your soul. And I, I know what kind of man DJ is. So I know what kind of things y'all would be asking. Mm-hmm. May the things that you put your hands on manifest and blossom and expand Ashe. like only the power of Odisha Obatala can make things expand and multiply. <laughs> May also you both be very extraordinarily healthy and your bodies may no sickness overtake you and shorten your life. May future children also be blessed by the sacrifices that you all are making today. May the community of Barbados, home of my maternal ancestors in Trinidad and Tobago, home of my maternal ancestors be a Ilei Faith may all of your ancestors there and ancestors that you have elsewhere continue to guide you both and cover you both and and, and, and bestow upon you a very powerful ashe that makes things happen on your behalf makes things happen on your behalf before you can even get it out of your mouth that you need it ashe that is that is that is on its way my sister and single will meet again face to face and Thank you're going to be you so much. Too, and we're probably going to be doing something in Barbados because I feel it. Uh, uh, too. Too. <laughs> you're such a beautiful sister. May all of protect your joy and protect, 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 may God Almighty protect your joy, protect your confidence, protect your confidence. Anybody, any enemy foreseen or unseen that, seen that attempts to tear you down. May they be converted into allies and, and the rope that they create to tie around your neck may it be transformed to a crown of jewels on your head. Ashe. Ashe. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have no idea what that means to me right now in this space and this time. You have no idea. Ah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. We give thanks to God Almighty, our ancestors and our destinies, and all over even when they are Orisha. Thank you.
Y'all welcome and thank, and thank you as well. We all thank you. The whole Academy thanks you. Thank you so much. We love you, Barbados. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Awano Odigbo She Kamafikunyarawa Kamafikunyarawa Holy Meaye Awano Odigbo She Kamafikunyarawa Kamafikunyarawa Holy Meaye Awano Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. Peace and blessings to you next time. Yes. Bye, everybody. Hey, fairy fam. Thank you so much for listening to the Afro Fairy Goddess Podcast. 
If you want to get in contact with Chief Ifase, please send an email to Ori Counseling, that's O R I Counseling at gmail.com or like her Facebook page, Ifase Bamibala Yoruba Priestess. All further links to her and her community can be found right here in the show notes. To get in contact or drop a line to yours truly, send an email to the Afro Fairy Goddess Podcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Facebook and rate this podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much, Fairy Family, for all the love and support, and I'll see you next week. I am Empress Zenga, your host, reminding you to always believe in your magic. Oh.